things you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chadi? Yeah. Oh, this is a creative church podcast, and, well, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. What's up, fam? Welcome to episode 19 of I Cry in Corners. How the heck did we get to the end of season two? I have no idea because I still don't even know how I'm doing this. So uh, today is part two from episode 18. Um, I got a little ahead of myself and um, I talked too long and I had to do this junk in two episodes. So if you haven't heard the last episode, turn this one off and go listen to 18 because um, I'm not going to do a super, super big recap on last week. But I am going to do a quick recap on uh, some things that I've realized as I've been breaking down the top 10 people, things you need in your corner. I've actually already given you nine. I didn't realize that. Um, Apparently, uh, the Lord had jokes. See, as I started to um, pray about what season two would look like, I wrote all these cool notes. felt like God gave me all this stuff. But every time I've come to record one of these podcasts in season two, uh, the Lord has literally changed everything. So, um... Unbeknownst to me, I've already given you nine things. Uh, One, Jesus. Two, community. Three, love. Four and five was covenant people and core values. Six was peace. Seven was perspective. Eight was adversity. I love that. That one. That one's one of my favorites. And nine was passion. I jumped into passion uh, last week. I did not finish it, Um, but I've been talking about what passion looks like in the kingdom. This is a big thing for me. I love talking about passion. I love talking to young people about passion because I feel like, um, I don't know, I feel like people don't do it right. I know people don't do it right because I was one of those people for a very long time that did not do it right. So um, last week I defined what passion looks like in the kingdom. So please go back and listen real quick. It's kind, it listens, and it's tempered. Pretty much in a nutshell, uh, kingdom passion is kind, it listens, and it's tempered. This is super important. Um, I go into it with detail. Uh, If you don't uh, understand it, um, then you will be like Peter and you will cut people's ears off. So uh, make sure you go back and listen to the last episode. Also, if you want to double up on um, this episode, um, I feel like the words episode in season one would be a good echo to what I'm already saying, because if you don't have your words in check, you definitely won't have your passion in check. So go back, listen to that one, and it will echo some stuff uh, that I've been saying the last few weeks. But today I am breaking down what kingdom passion actually looks like without spiritual maturity. So last week I defined kingdom passion and this week I'm going to talk about the pitfalls and the things that happen if you are not spiritually mature and filled with understanding. See, you can know something, but truly understanding it is a completely thing is a completely different thing altogether. So I'm going to dive into the verse I read last week. And then I'm going to try to bring some clarity around the, I like, I kind of went into this last week and then I ran out of time. And so hopefully I'll do it better now. Um, real quick, if this is the first time that you're listening to the podcast, I just want to say thank you and welcome. Um, and if you've been here for a while, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm still completely shocked that so many of you listen. Um, you guys 
are so kind with your reviews and so kind with your um, messages that you guys send me. And I'm just so thankful. My prayer and my hope in doing this, my prayer and hope in everything with the whole I Cry in Corners thing is for people to be self-aware, um, for people not to feel bad that they're emotional, and for people to understand that God gave them their emotions for a reason. And um, as we're, I don't know, man, this passion episode, these, I've been processing it the last couple days. It's probably the thing I'm the most passionate about because gosh, I just wish if people could understand how epic it is to be able to temper their passions and temper their feelings and temper their understanding. Um, we could do so much more for God. We could touch so many more people and um, I did it wrong for so long. And this is the stuff that I wish somebody would have sat my butt down in my 20s and would have sat me down and said, look, if you can just get these things right, um, your life would be so different. And you wouldn't be so offended and you wouldn't be so sad and you wouldn't struggle with the things that you're struggling with because these would be in check. So um, just know that this is like, oh, I mean, if, if I could talk about anything all the time, it would be this. So... I'm going to jump into Matthew 16, 13 through 28. Um, this is not really a, uh, oh, my emails are going off. Hold on. Let me turn this joker off because that could get real awkward. Um, so this could be something that if you read this story, you're like, I don't really see how it would fit in passion, but sometimes I'll read stuff and God will give me something. And so I'm just going to give it to you the way the Lord gave it to me. And my hope is that you'll read it for yourself and that you'll get new revelation and new stuff. Cause the worst thing in the world is to, I don't know, hear what other people are saying about the Bible. And, um, and then you just repeat it. And it, that's when I was talking about, like, you know, something, but you don't understand something. Like, I want you to understand it for yourself. Like, uh, who was it that said, Oh, was it Bill Johnson that said, um, you can't love Jesus and not love his word. So like, just get in the word. Cause I promise you, if you just test him in this, God will totally drop stuff. Okay. I'll get off that. I'll get off that thing now. And I'll just talk about Matthew. Okay. Matthew 16. Uh, Jesus uh, went to Caesarea Philippi and Jesus says to his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? And the disciples jump in and they say, uh, John the Baptist. And some say Elijah and some say Jeremiah, you're one of the prophets. Um, and then Jesus says, and you, who do you say I am? And he's talking to Peter and Peter says, you're the anointed one. You're the son of the living God. Jesus, Simon, son of Jonah, your knowledge is a mark of blessing. Remember that. Remember that he said that. Your knowledge is a mark of blessing. For you didn't learn the truth from your friends or from teachers or from sages. You've met on the way. You learned it from my Father in heaven. This is why I've called you Peter the rock, for this is the rock I will build my church. The church will reign triumphant even at the gates of hell. Peter, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosened in heaven. And when Peter's confession, here, you got to understand with Peter's confession that Jesus is anointed, the foundation of the church is laid. Like this is a big deal. This is a big moment in the Bible. There's no darkness, no doubt, no deception that even death will be able to stand against. And Jesus now orders his disciples to keep this teaching secret. See, Jesus has discretion. Jesus knows when to say things, when not to say things. He doesn't move unless the father tells him. And he says, you must not tell anyone that I'm the anointed one. And then Jesus begins to tell the disciples about what's going to happen to him. I love Jesus because he's, he never tells you not to do something without giving you context. 
Um, a lot of people are always like, what are you talking about, Chadi? God never gives me details when he asks me to move. No, he, he gives you the details within context because Jesus is a big picture God and he's into the details and he's into all the little things, but sometimes he knows you're not mature enough to deal with the little things. So he gives context. So Jesus begins to tell his disciples about what's going to happen. He says, you know, I'm going to have to go to Jerusalem. And then the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, they're going to meet me. And, um, he's going to suffer at their hands. And he begins to tell them. Now, he doesn't give them the inner workings of what's going to happen. But he, he says, as Jesus spoke to these things, Peter takes him aside. Okay. Remember when I said, sometimes you know things, but you don't understand them. Sometimes you don't have the wisdom to hear things. And, and he's, Peter takes Jesus aside. He's a little sad. He's a little confused. He's gotten this context, but he really wants details. And he's very uncomfortable. And he's a little bit prideful. And Peter chastises Jesus. And he says, no, Lord, never. These things that you're saying, they will never happen to you. Jesus turns to Peter and says, get away from me, Satan. I mean, that's some gangster stuff. This is a very thing he said to the devil during those wilderness temptations. And if you're, he says, you're a stumbling block for me. You are not thinking about God's story. You're thinking about some distorted story of fallen, broken people. Okay. Remember when I talked about uh, context and details? Okay. This is God. He's Jesus on earth. And he's looking at Peter and he's saying, dude, you do not get the bigger picture. I'm trying to give you context so that you'll move forward, but you're missing it. You're missing it. And he says, if you want to follow me, you must deny yourself. The things you think you want, and you must pick up your cross and follow me. The person who wants to save his life might lose it, and she who loses her life for me will find it. Okay. Jesus is saying, look, you're going to have to give up uh, the things you don't understand, the things you don't know, the things that you may, in order to move forward, in, in, order, in order to, all the things you don't get, you're going to have to just be okay with it. And as a person who's incredibly passionate, I used to have a lot of problem with that because um, this story... I don't know, man. I always go back to this story because it's like Peter got really overly passionate and um, and he missed it. He missed what God was doing. He missed, um, I think I said this in the last podcast, it's like not only did they miss Jesus, but they missed what he was doing. It's one thing to miss him. It's another thing to miss what he's doing. And the Pharisees missed what he was doing uh, in, in chapter 15. The disciples, like he had just fed 4,000 people before this story happened. And it's like... Peter, bro, for real, you're going to like question him and pick a fight with this dude. He just fed 4,000 people. And and so these are the things that God, I felt like God gave me from this story about passion. See, if kingdom passion looks like kindness, looks like listening, looks like tempered, like tempered zeal, then kingdom passion without wisdom looks like these three things. And I jumped into one of these kind of half halfway last week, but my hope is that I can do a better job this week. Okay. Uh, for context purposes, I said this last week, but I really want to say it again. Um, okay. If passion isn't kind, if passion isn't listening, if passion isn't tempered, you could actually miss out on Jesus and, and not just who he is, but what he's doing. And it is so important to never forget in the nonsense of this life, who, who your savior is, who Jesus is and, and, and what he's doing on the earth. Um, it's so important. Passion is crazy. It's strong. It's, it sometimes can be overwhelming. And this story has the best inner workings of how to see kingdom passion without wisdom. See, um, what I was trying to say last week, and I totally screwed up, is that passion that is not 
Mm, passion that is not mature tends to jump in. See, what the disciples suggested wasn't wrong, it just wasn't truth. And I talked about this last week. Go back and listen to it. I talked a lot about how I said, Lisa Bevere, I stole her thing where it says, Jesus loves you too much to leave you ensnared in half truths. See, the disciples jumped in, and uh, passion sometimes in immaturity has you jump in into something, situations, relationships, moments that maybe your character are not ready for. See, I, I deal a lot with young people. And millennials, I love millennials. I feel like my life goal is to be around millennials and talk to them and help them. And um, I don't know, I, I I just feel like so many times, and I did this as a young person where I was passionate about something and I wanted to jump in, jump in because I just wanted to help. I just wanted to serve. I just wanted to see push the kingdom forward, but I didn't have the character and I didn't have the understanding in order to do it. And so some passion um, that's not oh man, that's not really listening or passion that is uh, not tempered tends to jump in and jump into the deep end. Um, I remember when I was a kid, I was at this pool party and uh, all the kids were jumping in uh, off this diving board. And um, I, I was I had to be like five or six years old and I walked over to the diving board and I, I jumped up just like everybody else did. And I, I jumped into the deep end. Now I was five. I didn't, I didn't swim. I didn't swim real well. And I didn't realize um, what I was jumping into. And I almost drowned. I remember my dad jumped in and he got me. And I remember standing, I remember in the water holding onto my dad's neck. And I always go back to that story because thankfully our heavenly father, just like my, my dad uh, in the story, um, and in life, jumped in and saved my behind. Our Heavenly Father will always jump in after us when we jump in ahead of ourselves. Even when we jump into the deep end, even when we jump into dangerous things, even when we jump into the things that we're not ready for, God will always meet you halfway. But what if you had enough wisdom to know that you shouldn't jump in, that you shouldn't speak up, that you shouldn't say what you really want to say, that you shouldn't jump into that relationship, that you shouldn't take that job? Well, Chadi, how am I supposed to know that? Silence, man. I said kindness and listening and tempered zeal. Sometimes you just need to stop talking and listen. Chadi, you have a podcast. All you do is talk for 25 minutes. I know, but most of the time in meetings, I really, really try to just shut up. I can't tell you how many times I sit in meetings and I'm like, don't talk. This is not your time to talk. This is your time to listen. And the Lord, ah, the kingdom people, this world doesn't need any more voices. It needs more listening. Everybody wants a platform, but nobody wants to listen. What would life look like if we listened to each other and we loved each other and we didn't let our passions jump into situations that were beyond our depth and our breadth and instead we just listened because love listens and love is the goal. I don't know if anything, if any of that made sense, but it makes sense in my head. Okay, so if the first thing is passion without wisdom, passion without understanding, um jumps in too soon. I would say the second thing that passion does when it's not tempered, when it's not listening is, is it jumps ahead. Here's this verse. And, um, Peter, he's, he's just had this incredible moment where he's, it says that it says your knowledge is a mark of blessing. Like the knowing it it was a blessing. It was like, Jesus was like, dude, I'm so, I'm so glad that you get this. Um, but having passion doesn't mean you understand. Just because you know it doesn't mean you understand. See, knowledge is information. Understanding with wisdom is like the how and when to apply it to your everyday life. Um, <clears throat> I always think of uh, 
<laughs> Anchorman. Anyone seen that movie? It's a fantastic movie. Should have won a one award. Anyways, um, when he kept saying one in Rome and she was like, yeah, it doesn't really, it doesn't really go there. Like it would be the equivalent of somebody walking around going, well, when in Rome and it's, it has, it just doesn't go there. Like to me, that's the equivalent of Peter in this situation where he had a lot of passion and he knew who Jesus was, but he didn't really know how to apply it. See, when you know how to apply it, there's this level of understanding in your life, level of wisdom and level of maturity to know when to say it, when not to say it, when to speak, when to move forward, um, and when to make life decisions that actually matter. I think a lot of times, um, at when I, I especially did this in my 20s, is that I would, I would get frustrated over things that weren't even things. They weren't even happening yet. They were just things that I perceived or things that I may have heard something and it wasn't true and it wasn't moving and it wasn't, but the enemy, man, if he can take, if he can put something in your head and you're building sandcastles in your head, you'll forget of the things that you know, and you'll start getting drowning into the, into the facts that are not even really facts. So passion tends to jump ahead. Here's Peter. He's had this incredible moment with Jesus. He's, he knows who he is. He, he, he was like, God, I know who you are. And he's like, I, I see you, Peter. I see that you know who I am. And then in the very next instant, he's like, get thee behind me, Satan. There's something to that. There's something about having knowledge but no real understanding that will literally put you on the bench of life. So just because you know you just because you know who Jesus is might not really mean that you understand um, how to apply him in your everyday life. Well, I, that's that's very intense, Chadi. Are you serious? Yeah, you can be passionate about Jesus all you want. But if you sit in there and thinking that success has a microphone or success means uh, that you're going to be a boss one day or success means that they finally pick your graphic or success, like that's not success in the kingdom. Success in the kingdom is serving. Success in the kingdom is getting beaten, put it on a cross. Like that's what success in the kingdom is. Knowing Jesus means knowing, understanding, serving. It means that you're okay with being surrendered and you've sacrificed your giftings. That's what wisdom and passion looks like when it's um, under the under the covering of, of a humility and passion without those things jumps ahead passion without those things says I deserve this when I really don't I I'm expecting this when I really shouldn't have it and and here we find Peter in this story jumping ahead like bro just because you had a win today doesn't mean that win's gonna carry you off to tomorrow um it's, it's about the equivalent of you uh, making a joke with someone and it goes, it's the same joke and it's like, oh, that, that worked. And then the very next day you say the same joke, but you're in a different setting and the joke kind of falls flat and you're like, yeah, but it worked yesterday. Yeah, but you were in a different room today, a different room with different people. And um, you used something that you didn't have the discretion to know when to use it and when not to use it. I'm just using an example. I've never done that. I'm just saying that <laughs> passion jumps ahead. Passion thinks your wins from yesterday can carry you into today. Every day is new. All your mercies are new. Everything's new. Every day, you've got to get up. You've got to be able to jump in, but you've got to be able to do it with wisdom. Uh, you've also got to jump ahead with wisdom. Sometimes you just got to stand. Sometimes you just got to be still. I wonder what Peter would have done if he wouldn't have cut that dude's ears off, you know? I love Peter, though, because, like, the same dude that cut... <laughs> cut that guy's ears off. You know, he was the only one that followed Jesus. Like John was there, but like, really, they're the only ones that followed Jesus into that. After he got arrested, everybody else just left. So his passion walked him into, end up, he ended up denying Christ, but his passion had him following. See, passion will have you following, but immaturity will, 
will will catch you denying. So like, I need you to understand that passion is good, but the reality is if it's not tempered with maturity, what it'll look like is just cutting people's ears off and nobody wants that. The third thing is a passion jumps over. So passion without wisdom jumps in, passion jumps ahead and um, passion jumps over. Sometimes passion forgets again that your wins from yesterday won't sustain them in the battle for today. The verse says that, he says, you're a stumbling block for me, Peter. You're not even thinking about God's story. You are thinking about some distorted uh, story of fallen, broken people. If passion jumps over, passion misses the people. Passion that isn't tempered, passion that isn't truly understanding who Jesus is, what Jesus wants, means that you're jumping over people. You're not focused on the people. And at the end of the day, your goal is to love people, love God and love people. Like, it's all about the people. It's about waiting for people. Like, you're you're not winning at life if you finish first. You're winning at life if you finish the race with people. Like, that's the legacy. The legacy is people. The legacy is the people you love. Don't let your passions run over people. Don't let your passions betray people. Don't let your passions be the only thing that lead you. You're not led by your passions. You're led of Jesus. You're led of the Holy Spirit. That's what wisdom looks like. If your passion jumps over people, if your passion jumps over uh, uh, character building situations, then your passion is not mature. Because passion that is mature does not jump over people. If anything, it locks arms and it moves forward and it says, God, I'm not moving unless you're moving forward. God, I'm not going unless the people that you've called to go with me are going with me. That's what passion with maturity looks like. It doesn't jump in the deep end when it's not ready. It, it, It doesn't jump ahead and think that it knows what it's doing without true understanding of who Jesus is and Jesus wants. And it doesn't jump over people. No, it's kind. It, it, It listens and it's tempered. Love you, weirdos.